0: Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio. Paul and I sat down to discuss how we are all being hypnotized all of the time. And I'm super excited because for the first time, we've actually filmed the episode as well. So if you want to check out this week's podcast in video format and see us explaining all of our thoughts on hypnosis and how we literally need to be in control of our minds more than ever now, then check out our Evolve and Relaunch YouTube channel via the links below. Share this episode if you loved it and got some light bulbs and insights. And please, as always, leave a review so that more people can find out about Relaunch My Life Radio. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever. And a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories to tune into, tune into Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. Well, hi and welcome to the first ever episode of Evolve and Relaunch YouTube's channel and also a different format for the Relaunch My Life radio podcast. Paul and I are really excited to be sitting down today and having a chat about a topic that is pretty fascinating once you dive into it. The fact that we are all being hypnotized all the time, right?
1: Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, most people think hypnosis is only when you've got your eyes closed, only when you're clacking like a chicken but that's not what hypnosis is really and we want to kind of discover that today.
0: Yeah, we go for walks every day and we have really interesting conversations and so we thought we would just have more of a conversation style chat today about some of the things that we talk about and think about that because we're in a relationship, we just kind of forget that not everyone thinks about this stuff and knows about this, but it's really empowering to understand it and so fascinating and I think, especially more now than ever, it's really important to understand your own mind and your own thought processes so that you can kind of take you know, control of your, your mindset and, and what you're taking in because there is a lot of misinformation out there these days as well. So yeah, we were talking about like some of the ways that we are being hypnotized. Mm.
1: So I think it's really interesting to start back at the start because when we're born, we're basically a sponge mm. and we're downloading the external world and reality flat out from everyone around us so you know there's different numbers depending on where you look at but we both kind of teach the idea of somewhere between the age of zero and seven you're kind of in that imprinting stage where you're basically just building your blueprint of what reality is and what it means to be a boy a girl what it is to be a dad a mum, how people interact and all of those things
0: yeah and so like we need to be hypnotized right we need yeah. to accept suggestions because that's how we form our personality and our model of the world and- yeah
1: well if you think about it you're like a computer that's come with no software yeah so you don't know how to operate you don't know how to function so, so you, you get kind of
0: download all well, these you do you get downloaded so
1: with like right now we're running on like fancy stuff but back then when you were born it might have been the real basic ms dos kind of software and that's what you're running on and a lot of people were still running on software that they had when they were a, a young child, you know, and a lot, a lot of times we talk about the things we work with our clients are things that their parents might have said to them, someone at school said to them, you know, the brother or sister, um, you know, and they might have been, you know, not thinking consciously about what the person was saying and that's become their programming, their software they run on. They might think they're not good enough, they might think they're a, you know, don't deserve this or don't deserve that and they're just something that happened when they were young that we're in a highly emotional state or in the early imprinting period and that's become their self-hypnosis it's become their beliefs their rules of themselves
0: yeah and that, i think that's something that no matter how many times you hear it it's really important to remember that a lot of our self-talk isn't really our self-talk it's mm. just that that program running or that record playing of the thing that that person said to you when you were five and now you're replaying that yourself right yeah
1: so a lot of people have you know, that annoying voice in their head and they think And it's not even there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just replaying something they heard or were told either repeatedly mm-hmm. or when they're highly emotional in a highly emotional or suggestible state. So we'll probably talk about that a little bit too. But another thing that we need to think about is obviously it's not just your family, it's society, it's you know, if you are mm-hmm. religious, if you you know, your culture, all of those things influence your blueprint your programming and how you see the world and how you operate as a person as well so mm-hmm. they're all major contributing factors in your programming which is basically hypnotically installed into you you know you're basically mostly unconscious in those stages your conscious faculty hasn't developed and one of the big things we talk about is if you don't have a critical faculty, a conscious mind or a way to tell what's real and what's not real then you know you're basically Accepting all all suggestions and everything
0: like you're gullible, right?
1: Well, not gullible. <laughs> People say gullible, but that's not necessarily the, the word. Because gullible means it has a negative connotation. It's not either negative or positive. Mm. It's just you're mm. accepting what's happening around you. Like if you're watching a movie, you believe everything that's happening. And that's as a kid, you think like, if your parents tell you that um, those things can fly and those, you go, oh yeah, they do, and you just believe it. So some are useful and some are not as useful. So as we grow up, it's really important to kind of look at those things, wouldn't you agree, and kind of see what is useful and what's not useful?
0: Yeah, I mean, we watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix the other week and I think they were talking about just how powerful, obviously we know that advertising is really powerful and what mm. is what are TV channels, what did they used to do when we watched TV, right? They would have a cliffhanger and then they would stop for an ad break because all of the advertisers knew that if someone's in a highly emotional state, they're more likely to accept suggestions and that that un- the unconscious is a lot more open because they're in that emotional state. But yeah, it was really interesting watching that social dilemma because it was showing now the, the, I guess the, the, the art of showing someone something in their social feed, maybe someone that you used to be in a relationship with or someone that you're a competitor with in business or something like that to trigger an emotional response in you. And then there'll be an ad in there. So I think like, obviously, you know knowledge is power and knowing that this stuff is happening i know that a lot of people have said to both of us in the past like you've been teaching hypnosis for over a decade now but a lot of people even say quite commonly like oh i can't be hypnotized mm. but we're all being hypnotized all the time so like why do you think people think there's this separation between like oh that's being hypnotized but someone suggesting that well, I buy something isn't so
1: <laughs> hypnosis has like different meanings for different people mm. so I want to maybe explain a couple of different ideas so the idea of hypnosis and trance because we go into trances all the time you know even if, if you're listening to this or watching this if you ever watch a tv show you're going you generally zone out and go into a bit of a trance when you're watching it you might be listening to the person on the tv you might be watching what's happening and you know someone in the background is talking to you but you just completely ignore that or um, an hour passes, two hour passes, and you don't even realize time just goes in a blink. You, you're in a trance when that's happening, right? Mm. Um, same thing when you're listening to music, if you're driving a car, you know, if you're driving, sometimes you, I know I do this, we go to the gym, and Julia's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just driving, uh, uh, and we're not going to the gym. I'm just, just used to driving that way different. because you just go on autopilot, right? And that's that's a trance, right? But also, even things like, if you're remembering something that happened to you, you're activating that, Unconscious memory, and the more you activate it, the more it lights up that part of the nervous system, mm. and it actually puts you into a trance, and you can actually go into a full regression if you activate that part of your nervous system enough. So even emotional states, they're mini trances. Yeah. So anytime someone has an emotion, they're actually activating their unconscious mind, and it's actually lighting up that part of their nervous system, and it is a trance, right?
0: So what are your thoughts on? I've heard this. It's been said in the past, like when, whenever you're in an emotional state, you're not present.
1: Yeah. Well, you're getting. So one thing that happens is whenever we're under stress, we tend to regress, but not necessarily just stress. But if you're having a emotional response, it's an unconscious response mm. because an emotion is based on your perception. But a lot of times your perception is triggering past emotional things. So let's say you see a, a dog jump out in front of you. If you have good associations, with a dog, you're going to feel a good emotion because of all the things that have happened in the past. So that dog hits, lights up the neural circuits of all the times you've seen dogs in the past. Or like say, I see Julia, and it reminds me of all the times we've had, all the good things that have happened, so it makes me feel good. So it, it kind of triggers the past, right? So even in things like the Course in Miracles talks about, we don't see things the way they are, so we see things the way, like if we see the past in things. Like we don't see this microphone as it is now, we see the past. We remember buying it, we remember using it. Yeah. So it kind of triggers that link of all the things. So when we have an emotional response, we tend to get triggered by the past. So this is why a lot of people will say, "Oh, my boss is you know a real jerk," or "My husband, my this what," mm-hmm. right? and it's not it's that person is triggering linkages to all the past people that played that role in their mm-hmm. life, yeah. and they they're not just getting that person; they're getting that person and all the other people stacked on top. So it's like the straw that breaks the camel back, and they they come in and say, "Oh, this is the problem," but it's normally a recapitulation, a recycle of the same pattern that's happened with those kind of people through their whole life.
0: Yeah. And I remember a couple of years ago, we went through and read and did the processes in the Presence Process book by mm. Michael Brown. One of the statements in that book, the Presence Process, was don't shoot the messenger, like the person that's triggering you because they are the mess ender. Like they're there to really make you conscious of what is in your unconscious. And, yeah. I, and I, I was going to go on a rant then, but you know, I, I don't know. I noticed a lot of People at the moment getting activated, getting triggered, getting challenged by the world events, but There's so many things to get activated and triggered by. It's like every day is a new thing at the moment, but like, what are you, and we've talked about this a bit, but like, what do you feel about what that is then showing for people that is, you know, true for them from their past and what things maybe they need to look at healing within themselves?
1: Well, this is one of the big things we talk about in pretty much all of our courses. Mm-hmm. So... Um, your life's going to keep bringing you challenges and triggers I think I did a post about this last night yeah. that will show you things that need to be healed so if I touch Juliet's arm and it doesn't hurt her then there's nothing to be healed there but if something does press a button on you yeah. and it hurts you then you know it's getting into you so what we sort of say is a boat doesn't sink because of the water around it it only sinks once the water gets in it Yeah. so if people are getting triggered by things around them it's not so much the things around them that are bothering them it's the think- facts that it's getting into their nervous system it's on their nerves right yeah so it's part of their nervous system part of their circuitry so if there are things that are getting triggered then in basically all the trains whether it's the nlp the hypnosis that we run we teach people how to deal with that and not just deal with the fruits that are coming up now we talk about you know if situations in your life like fruits and if you try to pick them off the tree then Your fruit
0: just grows back next season, yeah. And, and you can, changes.
1: and some therapists are fruit pickers, and you can make a lot of money picking fruits, but we want to really pull out the root yeah. and the root cause of the problem, which generally isn't what's happening right now, it's generally back whenever in the early time of life or wherever it emerged. And once you deal with that, then it creates that new foundation where you can then plant, plant new things, which is cool. Mm. So, I think it's a really big thing for people to explore that.
0: And I have to say, like, I, I. I really believe that in relationships your partner is your unconscious and it will reflect back your unconscious and that's why your your intimate partner can usually trigger you so well because it knows all of your blind spots and it it helps to bring those to the surface and you know um, you definitely, I remember being a couple of years into our relationship and just observing how you handled, I think family for most of us triggers us the best because you've got the most shared past with your family. Eckhart Tolle says we have to be most present with the people that we have the most shared past with because they can trigger you and activate you the most. But, you know, just witnessing you and observing you, especially with family things, and you would just not respond. You would just not get in the sandbox and get, you know, get into all that mess. And I remember you just turned to me one day and I said, how do you do that? How do you just not get, involved and not get emotionally and not want to fix things and and you know you said well a wise man once said nothing and you just seem to really embody that like obviously I love you and we're in a relationship and I respect you but I really learn so much from you all the time just in how you don't respond and I've really taken that I think on board in the last couple of years and applied that more and more but it's it's hard like is it hard for you or is it just yeah initially
1: um it's funny you say that because initially i was wanting to save everyone wanted to fix everyone yeah had a super martyr complex and that was good to a degree because it made me really good at what i do like i
0: and i think when you learn all these tools you know how easy it is to help and change when people want to be helped yeah
1: and so like for me i wanted to save everyone and thought everyone needed to be saved. So then I was the guy that saved everyone. So I went and got really good at doing a lot of the, the skills that I, that, that I do with people, which is really cool. And that had super, um, you know, it got me to where I am today. But then I realized after a while that you don't want to dive in and save people that don't want to be saved. People don't need to be saved. Because
0: they try and pull you in with them, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> and
1: if you keep thinking people need to be saved, then they're going to show up that way too. Yeah. But when you see people as whole, as, as happy, as healed, as, you know, perfect as they are then they show up that way too. Yeah. So I clicked after banging my head against the wall enough, like took me a while. But also I've had a pretty interesting upbringing and had lots of different scenarios and different people show me different things and learned lots to... Lots of teachers. Yeah, well, that's it. And they all, you know, help me be the way I am. And sometimes it is good to respond, you know, and that's probably something that I need to relearn again to respond more in some situations. But not that I don't respond, but I think learning a balance of both is, is sort of cool. Yeah.
0: And I think family dynamics are really interesting because yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I'm mm. pretty sure, but yeah, you know, the whole idea of uh, the fact that we're all being hypnotized all the time. And I think we just wanted to bring some awareness and some consciousness to you and you know, your self-talk and what you're saying to yourself on yeah. an ongoing basis about life and situations and things and...
1: Because we both know that it's not the external world that matters, is what happens inside. Mm. And say we could look outside and say it's a beautiful day and you guys can kind of see in the background a little bit if you're watching the video. But it doesn't matter what's happening out there, it matters what you then, how you perceive it and then the story you tell yourself about it. Yeah. So, you know, as we know some of the hypnotic language we teach in the training... Can you give an example of like what someone might say to themselves to maybe talk themselves out of something or make something worse or bad, like you know, everyday hypnosis where you talk to a oh. friend and they're giving you a, a story or?
0: Oh well, I mean, people will say things like, "Oh well, I couldn't do this, so it means I can't do that," and so they'll they'll link and make associations towards well, failing in one area means they're going to fail in lots of different areas. So mm-hmm. people will stop before they've even tried. Whereas if they said, "Well, this is completely new." and kind of had that attitude of curiosity and just treated it newly, your opportunity for success is so much greater than if you bring the past experiences with you. So many different ones. Um, but yeah, just people, I think, or people it's, it's very easy to be unconscious about the stories that you're saying to yourself Mm. that are stopping you from even trying or moving forward.
1: So let me explain that idea because the unconscious mind works with hypnotic logic, not like logic logic. It goes, if this happens and this happens, it kind of links things together. Yeah. So it, the law of association. So if you go, I couldn't do this and that means I can't do this, it's like connecting the dots of those two things. And yeah. there's certain words you can use, um, like you use, and that means this and because this. When we start using that language, which is normally inherent in all of our language, it start to hypnotically basically reinforce or create new programming of you know what we can and can't do and the rule sets of our life. So because of this and that's another important word we've got to be conscious of the hypnosis we use every day and like Juliet was saying like you'd be talking to a friend they go oh it's just my life's so crap because this happened to me and that means that I can't do this which means it's always going to happen and every time this, this and that and so people start generalizing and creating all these connections and that really blows things out of proportions when the truth is life is just neutral it's like completely the way it is it's not until we perceive it and then make up a story about it that we actually turn it into something else but how can we flip that and make it so let's say someone becomes aware of this how can they use the same hypnotic language to then see things differently or see themselves differently
0: well one of the be- best questions i mean i hear people saying things like <clears throat> oh i can't afford this or i can't do this but just changing the question around to well, how can i afford it or how could i do this opens up opportunity but also you could just use the same example that you just gave but use it in a generative way which Mm. is well i've survived in my life so far so i'm probably going to survive this situation that i was feeling nervous about or i um you know i've achieved these things in the past so it means i'm likely to be able to achieve success in this or you know i think one of the biggest things as well is like we've we never fail until we stop trying so all goals are achievable as long as you give them enough time and I think that's something people say, like, oh, but I tried that. And it didn't work. But did you actually apply it and go for it and, and apply everything? And so journaling, obviously, I'm a huge advocate. Mm. And journaling was something that completely changed my life. Like when I, I think this was like seven, eight years ago now, I started journaling and started becoming aware of how I was hypnotizing myself to get anxiety. And I kept a journal It was the first week after my 27th birthday and it was a week later that I read back all of my journal entries and I counted the word overwhelmed like over 20 times. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is why I feel overwhelmed and have anxiety. And so just unpacking that and writing a big list of everything that I was worried and overwhelmed about and what I could do about it. The next week then when I read back my journal from the following week, I didn't say the word once and I felt Mm. so much more in control of my life and my emotional state and you know i think that really led me to i started getting really curious about nlp and hypnosis and all of those things which i think there's so much why do you think there's so much m- mystique about nlp and hypnosis and and you know once people have explored it and experienced it i think you realize like shit why didn't i know this stuff why haven't i been taught well, what's
1: this what's interesting is it's like you said, when you write a journal, you become conscious of what you're unconscious about. Yeah. So you saw the thoughts. You could read them and go, okay, I'm saying these things over and over again. And when you say things over and over again, you're looking for it. So it's like going into the Google of your mind and typing in overwhelm. So it's, it finds everything that's overwhelmed or it finds everything that's um, anxious or whatever. And then it just, where focus goes, energy flows. So I think with a lot of people, when they first discover hypnosis or NLP... They realize, they become conscious of what they're unconscious about. They start seeing that they, they are using hypnotic language on themselves. Everyone they talk to is hypnotizing them. They go sit down with a friend at, at coffee and their friend just dumps their whole life's worth of you know crap on them mm. and they walk away feeling worse and they go, hey, hold on a sec, how come I feel bad when I've just listened to someone talk? For you to listen to someone talk, you have to unconsciously try on and experience what they've what they've said so for a lot of people they go wow i get why i am the way i am i get how i've become who i think i am today because of all this childhood programming from these experiences and how what that made them mean from these emotional states that i'm getting stuck in and reliving so i think they kind of turns the light on for a lot of people, brings awareness, and then they start realizing, okay, well, this has happened to me. I can relearn and unlearn some of these ways of coping with things, some of the ways i react to the world and respond to the world. And then they realize that they can use the same process that put them where they are to get them to a new place. So by re-hypnotizing yourself to new things, by deprogramming and reprogramming yourself and changing your triggers and associations, because that's what life really is. It's just a whole link of those things. And if you look at that and understand it, then you can change those things. So I think people get really excited because they know that they can change. Mm. And because for a lot of people, they think they're just stuck the way they are.
0: But why do you think people are so scared of NLP and hypnosis?
1: Well, I don't think people are scared of NLP and hypnosis. I think they're scared of what they've, like the misperceptions they've got or what they've heard. Like I don't, I don't well, yeah, maybe when I first started, I talked to people that were like, oh, you know, I've heard this is that and this is that. But the people I think that are talk- People
0: are way more open minded to it. There's almost been like a tipping point where just too many people are talking about it and getting results. And I think mm. results speak much more than pieces of paper. And that's something, you know, we obviously are really passionate about making sure that all of the people that go through our trainings have the transformational experience of NLP and hypnosis, not just the. Content in theory and information. Mm. We've got way too much information in the world right now You can google anything if you need information, but what we need is like embodiment transformation experiential, so yeah, it's this is really important and I guess what we why we made this topic important is why we made this topic for this week is that It's really powerful for you to actually like get this and embody that your self-talk from it may be yourself or other people, the TV that you're watching, you know, radio that you're listening to, advertising, social media, you know, what are you saying when you're on social media to yourself? What is your self-talk when you're seeing things Mm. happening? You know, is it empowering or disempowering? And we talked about the idea that with with self-hypnosis as well, you can be talking yourself into things or talking yourself out of things mm. and it's you are in control of your mind and i think it scares me how many people aren't and have kind of given the power of their thinking and their mind over to the authority or to the person that tells them what to do or how to it. well this life. is one of the
1: main ideas of hypnosis too we become suggestible and everyone's suggestible in their own ways even to themselves or other people to who we give authority to mm. so whoever you see as an authority figure we generally will be open to whatever they give us. So we kind of um, put them on a pedestal to some degree yeah. and we then inject whatever they say to us. So if we see doctors as an authority... Inject, like... Yeah, well, it's like <laughs> this is what happens, right? We, we project our power to them and they we inject their rule sets or their beliefs or whatever they say to do. So if we see doctors... And I'm saying you know, there's times to have people that go to a advice, but I would always question and get second opinions on things. Yeah. But if we go, okay, uh, Uncle Joey is um, the expert at this. Whenever they say, I believe, then that becomes your belief set. So we've got to be conscious of who we let hypnotize us and what suggestions we take from people. And even ourselves, like there's times and places where we, we're saying things that we think we can or can't do that are useful or not useful. So it was really important to look at that. And I think when you talked about transformation, I think it's really important for people to get that, the idea of trance formation yeah okay that is hypnosis in itself because we only really transform when we get to a certain point when we change the trance we have about ourselves. because everyone comes in in a trance so one of the key ideas in hypnosis uh milton erickson used to say he'd tr- clients would come in already in hypnosis yeah they already believe they've got a problem they're already you know anxious they're already overwhelmed they're already depressed or whatever they believe that in their world they have formed the trance where they see the world as place that causes the emotion they're not realizing they're creating it they're seeing that happening yeah so when you've actually transformed you've gone in and formed a new trance so now when you leave you're experiencing yourself and the world differently and it's like you've changed your glasses yeah you walked in with the glasses of anxiety overwhelm and depression you change your glasses and now you see the world as something different when you're looking through that lens it now shows up different. the world didn't change the trance that you formed is now different yeah. so when you've done that that's when you have real transformation
0: and by i like how you i can't remember the exact words that you use but you know by thinking about a problem you keep creating it and you yeah. keep recreating it and so it's kind of liberating to think about well you only have a problem if you think you do and that might sound like it's like a borderline denial but actually by thinking this is my problem you're creating ownership you're creating stronger neural network. Connections around it. You're reinforcing it. You're perceiving it. You filter reality based on your beliefs And so if you believe that you're bad with money, you're gonna filter reality based on that and I've had literally I'm obviously really passionate about helping people follow their purpose and start their businesses and I have been at events and networking events where I've met someone and I have tried to do business with them but their blocks around not being successful in business or not being able to receive money completely stuffs up the whole transaction. And it's amazing for me to go like, wow, this person has obviously got, like you can feel the barriers. They don't follow Mm. you up for things or they don't have, it's amazing to witness it, that they're actually creating this whole reality. And so people can perceivedly be doing the right actions, but if you don't have the alignment and the belief structure to support the Mm. actions you're taking, it's like, just so tiring and whenever i teach i say to the class like this is like having the keys to the city like you are getting access to your full gamut of resources and 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 that's so powerful but you know you've you've got to be doing the work and clearing the the stuff out and, and constantly doing this work and i think people are always surprised when we tell people how much we're still always doing the work like we're, it's like brushing your teeth like you don't just do it once, or do a seven-day course or a 16-day course, and then great—I never have to brush my teeth again. It's like mm. we're giving people the kit to brush and floss and do it all themselves, but you've got to keep doing it yourself, right? Because life just keeps growing yeah, and, and changing. And
1: what I kind of say to students as well is, your life is like school, right? Yeah. You get—if you're in reception, you get a challenge of reception level, and you get the test. We don't really get a test; you can like your finger painting or whatever. And if you're good enough at that, you get the next level. So life's like that. If you, if you pass the test, you get another level which has more tests. And then you get to the next level, then you get to the next level. So as you've evolved through the levels, then you'll get different kind of tests show up. So it's not like you're never gonna get something happen, now it's just in a different form. Mm-hmm. If you're having business challenges, it's not that you can't get business, then you get too much business. Yeah. Or your business has grown to a certain point. Or you don't have, don't have no money, we got money, and what are you gonna do with it, right? or it's like you don't have a relationship now you have a relationship and then you like Whoa. the relationship so and for some people like you know it's just problems change form it's not like they disappear they just become different
0: and you always say like as long as you bring yourself like different levels of problems or higher mm. quality problems well you will get better quality ones. problems if you know
1: you either get excess or deficiency you can either have no money or you can have too much money which one would you rather have you have no relationship or too, many, too, too relationships. many relationships right um <laughs> we joke around about like there's there are all sorts of examples of that but yeah that's what's going to happen in life so you're going to make a choice what do you want Do you want to have um bad health or do you want to have like health challenges in the fact where you challenge yourself with the gym and you lift more weight or you run for further that's what's going to happen so in life i guess you have to choose which path you want to go down and the challenges change and what i say to clients and students is there's a devil at every level there's always you know something that's hard or challenging at each level but if it's going to be different each time and if you just want to have the same challenges over and over again that's cool but sometimes you got to pick which game you want to play
0: and even that small shift in wording changing the frame or the lens of saying that things are, i've got this problem or i've got this mm. challenge is light years apart in terms of i think feeling empowered to be able to handle it and be equipped with it so yeah i think just if if you could do a big big deep dive into even just the words and we go into this a lot in our trainings about the labels that you use and the words that you speak create your reality. Mm. And I think no matter where you're at in your journey, like this is so powerful to just revisit and constantly because your mindset obviously you know it, it's all a mindset game, but your mindset and your your words and your language, like language is the programming software of our mind. And so if you're putting in shitty inputs, you're gonna get not so great outputs whereas if you've got high quality coding you're going to get the result of the program that you actually want so yeah and this
1: comes back to the idea of hypnosis because (laughs) if we say it's a problem then we're going to filter it as a problem and that's going to then you know either we have all these associations to problems yeah and how we've dealt with them before and that either makes us go oh, i'm good at handling problems because we've got an identity built around problem solving Or, oh, I'm not good at handling problems, and that shuts us down, and then we run the same sort of program as you've done before. But even just changing the label, no, that completely changes everything. And uh, it just opens up new circuits and new possibilities.
0: So um, you joke that when we met, I hypnotized you. But I think it's like some people think that you must have hypnotized me. But isn't that weird? But this is where
1: after, like, you know, all the years of working with people, you're always hypnotizing yourself and other people all the time. All
0: the time. Like, so even when you say, I love you, to someone, that's a form of hypnosis.
1: Well, to yourself and them, yes.
0: But when someone says something, so when he says, I love you, I'm receiving it based on what my filters are of what I love you means. When I say it to you, so you're not actually even hearing what I mean. And no. this is, I don't know, I'm just spinning out on that at the moment. Because everything that we say to someone as well, you don't know how they're actually taking it. And you don't know, and we talk a lot about this in our trainings, about everyone has their own filters and models of the world. And so you could say something that you mean in one way, but it gets taken a completely different way as and well. Yeah,
1: And this is one reason to be conscious of your language.
0: And tonality. Ugh, I love you. Versus... I love you. You know, it's so powerful that the words we speak are like not even, they're, they're less than, they're only 7% or less of, of the impact that we actually have. Whereas it's the tonality and the way that we say things that actually carries across what, what we're saying. And again,
1: this is what we teach in hypnosis as well, mm-hmm. because the power of not just the words you say, and a lot of schools of hypnosis teach you to read a piece of paper
0: yes i know so I, this is where people go to... oh,
1: i've studied hypnosis and i go what'd you do i've i've did a two and a half day course where i basically okay. read a piece of paper and um wait, wait, wait. yeah
0: Go to trance no it's going to be more like that Go into trance now you're getting sleepy <laughs>
1: and that's basically even when i did a lot of different study and i went through heaps of different levels of teaching and even to the point of becoming a trainer and teaching how to teach people hypnosis and basically i spent eight days reading pieces of paper in front of groups Mm. and yeah it's good to you can get good results of people with that it teaches you some of the basics and keeps you in a framework which is safe and you say the right thing but it didn't teach you how to look at a person and see if they're responding to what you're saying which is conversations everyone's talking to people but are they really watching is the person responding to what i'm saying is this is this message i'm trying to get across actually landing with this person and you know is the person in a state that they're accepting what i say because how many people have had a relationship or work situation or and you're trying to say something to someone but they're already shut off to what you're talking about and this is you know everyday hypnosis yeah because someone needs to be open to receive what you're saying yeah and they need to have enough rapport enough connection and
0: so why do you think parents intention. have so much trouble with their kids is it because they've yelled at their kids so their kids just have learned to block out what they say maybe and so when they do try and get them to do something they're filtering it out already like as one example well I was just thinking on, of.
1: so it depends because you can either have a compliant or defiant relationship in yeah. families right so some parents they have a more compliant relationship if the parent says something, they'll just do it. Yep. But other parents, they might have a defiant relationship. And that happens because of different dynamics, um, you know, male, female dynamic. But it happens thinking in thinking more sorts.
0: about, like, <clears throat> over time, that auditory anchor, if someone's, you know, yelling at a kid and then they do ask them to do something, they might have already associated it with a negative emotional state. Or it
1: could or... be they hear a yelling and they just get, they do it because they know they're going to get in trouble if they don't yeah so it could go either way and, and this is where then
0: create people's motivation strategies later on that they need to get in trouble before they do something or they need to you know 100% use, yeah.
1: and this is where you never know because everyone is different so some people they see a cup of coffee and they
0: it's water by it, the way no it's not coffee
1: <laughs> um but they see that and they go, oh, I love coffee. It's the best thing ever. So their association to coffee is a good thing. But other people have associations to coffee and they drank it and they got sick or it gives them headaches or um, you know, their their parent yeah. was some sort of um, abuser and they used to drink coffee and when they smelled the coffee in the morning, that would trigger them of the abuse that they had. So you never know what the association is to anything. Mm-hmm. A word a object, a smell. So you're
0: potentially offending everyone all the time and you don't even know it.
1: Well, you're not offending them. You're just presenting a stimulus that fires off their their associations in their body.
0: That scares me sometimes because Mm. sometimes I think that people just know all of this stuff. (laughs) But then you realize that most of society doesn't get Mm. this and they're they're probably just... Yeah, it's really weird because you can have the best intentions... But good intentions don't always mean that that stimulus gets received in the way that you intended. No, and to you, you're never going
1: to know this. And this is where, as a, if you are coaching or doing therapy or even living life, yeah. you got to go. Okay, did what I say get the result that I wanted, or did it push them the other way? Yeah. And this is part of you know a lot of the things we teach in our trainings, making people understand and watch and observe people, mm-hmm. so they can see. Am I getting closer to the outcome they want or are we getting further away?
0: Yeah, it's it's so important and you know I think that the more you learn about this stuff, the more fascinating it gets and the more your life starts to change for the better. And I think that's what why obviously we teach it because the more people that understand this the, the greater possibility that people in society are taking responsibility for their lives, their actions, their emotional state, their goals, their, what reality they're creating and how they respond to things as well. And I think, you know, at the moment, obviously, there's so much fear in society, which is really interesting because from a hypnosis perspective, obviously, authority figures are very much uh, listened to and accepted as a form of hypnosis and suggestion. And we've got governments and doctors and all sorts of authority figures telling people who are in a fear state what to do. But they're also telling conflicting things. So people are in a fear state, they're looking to, to be told what to do, and they're getting conflicting messages. And I love that in a really weird way because it's forcing everyone to go within. Like it's forcing people, I think, to find their truth because it's kind of impossible to find it out there at the moment i mean the truth is out there if we want to get into x files but what do you think about that like
1: well i think whenever someone's in a fear state they're going to tend to regress in their nervous system Mm. and they want survival they don't want to have to think they want to just respond and react to what's going on around them we tend to just do what we've done before which has kept us safe which can be usually unhelpful patterns um, they tend to not be creative. They not. They tend to shut down their ability to think creatively and new because anything that's new or different might be a threat. Yeah. And they want to look for, okay, who is the captain? Like certainty. Yeah, yeah. and who is the authority? And they are becoming more suggestible. Mm. Uh, so, you know, religion, society, they've used all these ideas, fear, shame, guilt, uh, all of those things are really important in programming because if someone's in that state, they're gonna more than likely change their behavior to do what you know the people are telling them to do. Yeah. Now, I don't know who's right or wrong. I don't know everyone's right or wrong. And it's just about with, with what we kind of teach, getting you to become aware, okay, am I getting to where I want with my life and my goals and dreams and what I'm currently doing in alignment? And so, like I said, people taking control and, and changing and, and doing things that help them to get more to their truth. Well, a lot of times it's kind of unpacking the things that aren't true for you anymore. Yeah, I talk about how as a kid, I used to have like a Transformers t-shirt, Ninja Turtles, whatever. And if I was to wear that same t-shirt now, it would be very uncomfortable. It would be very, be very restrictive. Mm-hmm. And I might still want to wear those things, but I need to update it to something that's more flexible and more you know, suitable for me as an adult. So I think for a lot of people, it's just about going through and doing a big clean out and going okay is this still part of how i want to run myself and how i want to think about myself and how i want to operate in the world and update it because if you let the world kind of program you that's okay to a degree and you're going to get to wherever you are but if you want to reach a new level then you've got to kind of update the software and i think we talk about how most people don't know these ideas well it's I like to think, in terms of noise, people think about sleep, right? You're unconscious, you don't know, you're just in the dream world. But when you wake up and you become conscious, then you can start choosing things. And if people have heard, like heard done lucid dreaming before, you're in a dream and you realize, hey, I'm, I can change this, and you actually start consciously choosing what you do. And I kind of feel like that's what our trainings do for people, they help people go, oh, they wake up from the nightmare or the dream that they're living. And if it's a dream, they can keep going and make it better. Or if it's a nightmare, then they go, okay, do I still want to keep living this nightmare? Do I want to do something different? And so that's what we kind of really present to people. So what if
0: the world has been trying to wake us all up in the last six months? You know, what if it's been like a big shake up to wake up? Because we did have to have some change in this world. The way things were going is not sustainable, not long term. And so I feel like it's almost like if the world was a big snow globe, it's just been given a big shake. And then there was all this talk of, like, oh yeah, when things go back to normal, when things go back to normal. And then it's gotten more shakes (laughs) because it's like, no, it can't go back. We can't go back to normal. We need to go forward. And I think that starts with people finding their own truth. What is true for you? Finding, you know, what is this human experience and what are we really meant to be doing here? And is it possible to start making changes that are going to change this world? And this, you know, and it starts with, I believe, I think my little tag thing on my Instagram social is when you change your world you change the world and yeah I think it was Michael Jackson it all starts with the man in the mirror right or the woman in the mirror and so I think that's why we teach these courses and you know we've definitely over the last six months sat down and had conversations about you know is this still what we want to be doing is this the right path for us to still be teaching this stuff and it's like yeah well now more than ever this is what people need because it starts with the individual it starts with us cleaning our own backyard and making our own bed and you know doing all those basics because that ripple effect starts to you know actually make a big difference because it's impossible to impact and affect and fix everything in the world right now and if you're still trying to fix the outside world without looking here then that that's that it's going to be an impossible mission. Like, you, I think we've got to start here, right?
1: Yeah. So are we going to let people know where, how to work with us or what's coming up?
0: Well, yeah. Well, Paul's got a really cool course happening at the end of September. It's yeah, in a couple of weeks time. It's the seventh of September. Yeah. And it's an online self-hypnosis workshop. And it's lots of fun because you've got lots of activities where you actually super practical self-hypnosis. Yeah.
1: You walk away at the end of the day being able to do self-hypnosis um, and just put yourself in a trance. And do a whole heap of really cool things like progressive relaxation, visualizations, use affirmations and all those things coupled together. But also we couple it with meditation as well. So you'll be able to do... If you've done meditation, you'll be able to supercharge it. You'll get different experiences. And it's a really practical day. Super relaxing. But you walk away with a real awesome skill set.
0: Yeah. And if you can't make the date you can still get a ticket and there's an option to buy the recordings of the techniques so you can get all of those as well so the link is below on the video and in the podcast link and you've also got your hypnosis practitioner training you're going up to queensland next month yeah sunshine Coast.
1: next month in sunshine coast but also going to be running in adelaide soon next year Yeah. yeah and then once the borders open up back in perth as well and that training is probably one of the most fun trainings that i run really love it everyone loves it as well because it's just completely different than what they've experienced. Uh, we basically install hypnotic language into you and have heaps of fun doing it. It's and no scripts, no, no scripts. Paperwork. You'll be able to do hypnotic language without even thinking. You'll be able to put people in trances and notice how people go into trance all the time and utilize that and be able to and change yourself and other people.
0: I mean, I've obviously gone through the training and from a mm. personal perspective, it's honestly the most relaxed I've ever felt in my whole life. It's like going on a seven-day retreat, but you're creating a retreat within yourself. And you yeah. carry that everywhere you go for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's so like, like it's a hypnotic gold. holiday. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And But you get really, really good. I believe that that training creates the best hypnotherapist out of any course that I've ever done or been to and um, have people that have done lots of other trainings that have said that themselves as well. Mm. So come along to it, I'd love to chat to you about that. And then you're doing I've some got cool My NLP too.
0: training in Adelaide is nearly booked out. I think there's two spots left. So that's happening in November. Then obviously we've got MasterPrac happening December through February. Yeah. And then I've got Sunshine Coast uh, first week of March and I'll have another NLP next year as well. In Perth as well, so yeah. So we've got Perth plenty I'm of trainings coming up. That will right.
1: happen soon. So yeah, we've got plenty of things coming up. Reach out if you want to know more.
0: What would your sort of advice or suggestion be for people that watch this or listen to this as a takeaway?
1: Just be become conscious, become aware of the language that you're using and if you are doing journals or you are, you know, just starting to observe the language that you're saying to yourself often, become aware of that and then obviously focus on what you want and start making suggestions and writing things the way that you want to create. And so, you know, if you're going to hypnotize yourself, do it in a way that's more useful.
0: Mm. And I feel like I would just say, like, take action, do something, because I Mm. think sometimes we... We'll learn things and we don't necessarily then apply them we just learn it and it's just been basically like listening to a song on the radio it doesn't change anything so take one action whatever it is like write it down after this whatever it is something that you took from this video and just take that action and, and commit to making some sort of step forward because at the moment i really think there's a lot of people in that like fear state just like we talked about just not doing things not changing just staying kind of protected but i think um, you know, we can either step backwards into fear and comfort or step towards, you know, whatever we're wanting to create. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keep moving forward. And if you like this format, you know, if you watch the video, if you can click subscribe, if you can click thumbs up, leave us a comment uh, on the podcast, if you can leave a review as well, if you like this format. And, um, you know, this was really nice to be able to have this conversation. Yeah, it's cool to do something
1: different. I kind of forgot we had the camera at the time. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, I was looking at you most of the time. But thank you so much for joining in if you've joined in. Yeah. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Either, and uh, please
0: share it as well. Like share it on your socials, and that way, you know, more people can find out about it as well. That's this week's episode from Relaunch My Life Radio, live from Australia. Visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. And remember, it's never too late to relaunch your life.